And my name is Matt, too. We are going to talk about some bills that are not in the Education Committee. What? What? All we talk about is Education Committee stuff. Yeah, I don't know why these really aren't there, but I guess you'll find out once we start. Yeah, these these kind of, uh, what's the expression? They stuck past the goalie. If we're the goalie in this situation, they went, went through the five hole on this one, snuck past. So let's talk about... It's a hockey an- analogy. It works. Let's talk about the, the other two there that you've got. All right. There so there are there are three bills that went before the Committee on Labor and Housing. Um, the first is uh, LD 900, an act to expand the rights of public employees under the main labor laws. And the other one, which is basically the same the same thing, it does the, the, the same thing both ways, was LD 1041, an act regarding collective bargaining for public employees under the municipal public employees labor relations laws. Now, bottom line, what both of these do is they eliminate the um, the law, the lines in law that prohibit teachers and educators to strike. Right now, there is there is a law that does not allow teachers to go out and strike. These bills eliminate that. Uh, And I'll quote from LD 900 first, from the summary. Quote, this bill allows public employees, including municipal and county employees, state legislative employees, et cetera, but, uh, but not including employees whose duties include protecting public safety to strike pursuant to the official procedures of the employee's employee organization or under a process in which an affirmative vote to strike is held. That's LD 900. LD 1041, uh, the summary says, uh, bill amends provisions relating to collective bargaining by public employees. uh, That one, uh, repealing the provision that prohibits public employees from stopping or slowing work, striking or blacklisting public employers to prevent the employers from filling vacancies. And two, requiring both parties to collective bargaining to have an individual present who is authorized to reach a tentative agreement, i.e. a moderator. So both of these bills, both of these bills uh, are, go beyond just teacher employee, teachers and education to pretty much any collective bargaining agreement, state employees, whatever, that they now have they would now have the right to strike. Except which, like police officers. Except police officers, Coast Guard or whomever. Interesting. So so that that's an area that I know uh, you see in the news a lot, in a lot of states state teachers associations or a lot of t- teachers organizations or Oklahoma, Kentucky, these other places out there, there have been these statewide strikes of teachers. Well, that's not permissible in Maine, um, according to state law. This is seeking to change that, even at, a, at not only a local level, but at a state level for anyone under a collective bargaining agreement. I'm not surprised at this. this because of the world we are in. Not in this day and age? No, this is, this is not surprising at all. So what are we going to talk about today? specifically with teachers. The one that we're going to talk about has gotten a little bit of headlines. Um, It's LD240, an act to allow public employers of teachers to negotiate regarding educational policies. Now, to be clear, they've held a work session on this one, and it has been tabled. So there's no vote yet. No vote yet. It's still out there, and there has been no new work session yet. Right. So this one, as we mentioned on a prior pod, or a later pod, depending on when you're listening, had all kinds of testimony. Yeah, 55 or so elements of testimony. Almost a record. It's as long as you're not getting immunized. Right. 
Yeah, it, 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 it held the record for about a day and a half. And then immunizations came around and said, hold my beer. It's still going, by the way. It's still going. Yeah, listen on. So so what 240 does, um, the summary is, says the bill allows but does not require public employers of teachers to negotiate with respect to education policies. Um, But the real testimony is within the real language of what's being removed from the actual bill. It's very short. It's section 126 MRSA subsection 965 subsection 1 paragraph C. Um, nice. You're welcome. I practiced. Uh, so it says to quote, to confer and negotiate in good faith with respect to wages, hours, working conditions, and contract grievance arbitration, except by such obligation, neither party may be compelled to agree to a proposal or be required to make a concession and accept that public employers of teachers shall meet and consult. And this is where it starts to change. It would say this. Teachers shall meet and consult and may negotiate with respect to educational policies. Before it says, but not negotiate with respect to educational policies, um, including wages, hours, working conditions, or contract grievance arbitration. So what this language is now saying is uh, public employers of teachers shall meet and consult and may negotiate with respect to educational policy. So there's been, uh, like I said, over 50 pieces of testimony as of this recording. Um, I don't imagine there's any more that's going to happen. There might be. I don't know if, it, if, they can, if they can do that or if all testimonies have to go before the public hearing. Usually that's how it works. They'll probably ask questions at work sessions and things and get some further information. Right. But it won't go into the record like this. Right. So the this is one that I actually have read every single piece of testimony on this one. Oh. And I have – I've I, – with your permission, I'd like to do a brief summary. Go right ahead, because I have like a couple of pieces that I did not think of where we're doing this. So hopefully you'll get to those also. Sure. I'm sure you will. So we're, remember, we're talking about negotiating educational policy. The people who said, yes, we want this, almost all of them referenced class size, voluntary, involuntary, voluntary or involuntary transfer, and uh, planning prep periods. Those are the three issues that they came out and said, look, these things are constantly, these are ridiculous. The way that they're happening, and teachers should have a right to negotiate when it comes to these things. Teaching is really hard. And uh, sometimes the administrators don't like me, so they will go and they'll, they'll make my life more difficult. Um, sometimes decisions get made that I disagree with, and that's not right or fair. fair. Now, I'm being very flippant intentionally because... <coughs> Because they're very, their their arguments were very valid. Mm-hmm. The other side of it was the the no side. We shouldn't do this. One, uh, there are over or about three hundred policies, many of which are required. I don't know how many exactly are required. Something like hundred ninety, two hundred of the three hundred are are required, um, and. There would be no public process for this. All, all negotiations, all policy would happen now behind closed doors because everything becomes negotiable. With no public input. 
with no public input because that's the whole point of a policy committee and going to the board is that it's an open process. Anyone can go and, and watch these things. As a member of a, a current board, that's what happens in our district. Um, all committee meetings are open to the public for people to come see. This would eliminate that because now because we're negotiating, it has to go behind closed doors. Um, and there was a feeling that, oh, you're micromanaging us and uh, there, there are so many policies. This would be a lot more work and, oh, this is going to grind everything to a halt. And, oh, what was us? So, again, I'm being purposefully flippant because both sides, in my humble opinion, had some very meritorious points and some whining points. But I think if you break it down to the yes side, hey, we should be able to negotiate on class size, voluntary and voluntary transfers and planning prep time, planning and prep time. We should be able to negotiate that. And the other side of there's no public process. We don't want it to, uh, schools should, like this should not be micromanaged. And how are we going to limit which policies are, are, are all policies up for negotiation? Both of those pieces are really valid arguments. According to this bill, it would be all policies. According to this bill, it does not say um, things like teacher load. Um, it says, uh, well, to confer and negotiate in good faith with respect to wages, hours, working conditions. So any they, they, can, they can negotiate with respect to educational policy. But um, that leaves, educational policy is open to a lot of different things. And this bill, the language of this bill, the way that it's written opens up a lot of other possibilities to weigh, to anything that could be considered uh, working conditions um, on, in a school, especially if there are, you know, 100 plus, 200 plus policies that have to do with education. Most of those have to do with working conditions in some way, shape, or form. So this one, I'm, I'm sure is getting a lot of, um, a lot of press because of of the negotiation part, but I'm thinking, what what do you think that they're going to do because of this? The the committee, I mean, I have no I mean, idea. This is a labor and housing committee, so I mean, it got tabled, so it's obviously been talked about. It was uh, tabled on the February 27th, right? With no new date yet. So this obviously, at this point, we're three weeks later. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff going on right now. Yes. So uh, to to add further layers to what's going on here um of the yes it was pretty even in terms of the amount of testimony that was there yes and no's of the yes um we said there was 55 or so pieces of testimony uh there were 23 of whom were teachers okay we're talking about planning preparation class size school caseload transfer involuntary uh, uh transfer voluntary involuntary and only two organizations the main AFL-CIO, and the MEA provided three separate pieces of testimony. Organ and so that was, the, that was the yes side. So about 25, 26-ish pieces of testimony. Okay. Out, no, so just about half. The other side of the no was all organizations, MADSEC, MSBA, MSM, MSSA, um, the main council of school board, lawyers. That was an interesting one to read. Uh, superintendents. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve superintendents wow. provided testimony. Um, eight, I believe, eight uh, representatives of school boards from across the district said no, and then two individuals, two other individuals said no. So there was this teachers. <laughs> it's completely pitted teachers versus admin. Hmm. 
that's how it's split out in the testimony, which I also find fascinating. And not surprising. Yeah, there was not, I didn't, I, I, as of my reading, there was not one board member, one, one superintendent or admin who wrote in the affirmative, the pro, to the yes for this. So as I was looking through some but I also did not see any teachers who wrote it that it shouldn't happen. Found that fascinating. That that is those lines great. are drawn. One one of the things that that you did mention that I that I got was about the school board members, and there was I think there was one school board member who was a former teacher that talked about yeah I get it and I was on the other side at first. But I know exactly that. That was that was I was uh, Margaret Cook. From Winthrop. Oh, yeah. that could, yes, I think that was right there. Who I used to work with. Oh, get out, really? I did. I worked in Winthrop for many years. And, oh. uh, Meg Cook taught Latin. And she was there with uh, Ginny Geyer, who also used to teach physical education. And I worked with her, too. Nice. Yeah, it was good to see their names again. Winthrop, shout out. Go Ramblers. So, Fighting school buses. Here we go. <laughs> oh, so one of the things from the school board members is saying, we get elected to do this. You know, this is part of our charge as a school board is we, we help develop policy. We go through all the things that you just did, uh, that you just talked about, Matt, was, uh, you know, we need these public hearings. We need these deliberations. We need the public input in order to shape our schools the way they want to be. And if everything's negotiable, none of that becomes open anymore. It's all private negotiations, which uh, you can't go to. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was reading, like, a bunch of school board people saying all the same thing. It's like, hey, you know, this is what we do. This is what we signed up for. Right. This, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to do. And we don't want to let it be just the insiders, basically, the administrators and the teachers, and that's it. Because that's – I can't even imagine where that would go on either side. But that was, that was, again, that whole argument of, of making it a public process. The, the, the policy development should be a public process. And um, – there, that that's where a lot of the board, the boards, and the superintendents came down on it. it was like this is this is going to take it all away from from being public. It's going to make it more backroom stuff. And the last thing we kind of need is more uh, mystery to what happens in educational decision making. Well, yeah, but because you know one of the things that that I always like to talk about is putting people around a table to talk about things is always a good thing, but not if you're negotiating specifically for those particular things. If teachers have problems clearly with uh, class sizes and planning time. Yep. And what was the third thing that you, that you mentioned? Uh, class sizes and caseload or caseload, yeah. caseload, class sizes, prep those time. Are things. And you know, those are things. So if, if Oh, transfer. Oh, and transfers. Yeah. That's yeah. That's, let's do the other two. That's, that's, that's the that, like in school stuff. Yeah, the other one's like, okay, so you're moving from second grade to fifth grade because we told you so. That's okay. There was a couple of teachers who said, you know, if I want to move and it's not really allowed for a policy in my contract or in my policy, school policy, then I was reading one of them and I forget exactly who and I apologize, was I don't like my principal and I want to go somewhere else. Right. Why can't you let me move? And I'm thinking... You don't have a policy that allows you to do that? Because mm. that's – that one, okay. But, again, hey, bring it up. That's a local thing, though. Bring it, Yeah, exactly. It's in – transfers are in our contract, mm-hmm. and they they are negotiated, but I don't think that's a – that's not necessarily a working condition one. Right. But, yeah, like time of day and planning time, sometimes that's just hard. 
But if you got problems, just go to your principal and, and have the discussions. Like, hey, this is too much. Right. One of them was like, uh, I, te- I used to teach, when I started teaching, I taught five out of eight periods. Now I teach six and a half out of eight. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, that's the way of the world now. But have you had the conversations about, okay, what that means for us? Right. And try to figure out for something for, this, for the school board budget that they're going to take to the town. And, hey, maybe we need a couple more teachers here to, to help with this load. And that's if you negotiate on all that, suddenly I could see the budget just going out of control. Budget can go out of control. This just with no input. No, no from, input from the uh, from the communities. Right. It's like, why are you hiring eight more teachers? Well, that's what that we negotiated. Right. That was all done in in, in, in private. Private. Yeah. I that totally was all. That was all negotiated. So these are tough ones. The, 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 this is. Uh, it's not cut and dry. Oh, I mean, no, it is. Means. It is, and and and, and both sides have um and I, and I was intentionally flippant because I wanted to bring a little bit of levity to it but both sides have some real really strong arguments um and and it's and it's I think I, I'm looking forward to seeing whenever they do the work session where this goes um because I want to see the questions that the committee members continue to ask on this particular issue along with the right to strike ones because those are also going to become pretty pretty important and pretty well documented and followed remember these are not in the education and cultural affairs committee this one these uh bills we're talking about today are in the committee on labor and housing yeah but we're only going to to talk about labor we're not going to talk about housing no we can't do both no i think if we we've set that precedent we have education and cultural affairs or like cultural affairs no culture you gotta go no culture you gotta go so labor and housing Housing. So really, it's the, whatever the first one is in the committee. Yeah. You know, education, yes. Culture first, no. No. Labor, you sure? We can do labor. No, not housing. Not housing. No, you're out. So, so sorry, housing. Yeah. And with maybe, that. maybe maybe next time. <laughs> and we will see you next time. All right. Bye.